Now, people asked me, Eric, they said, what, how are you going to, how are you going to, you're going to let everything go, porn and swearing and everything? I said, absolutely not. And here's why. We have a thing we found in the Constitution and our, our founding fathers that defines what free speech is. And Eric, get this, our, this Judeo-Christian platform we're going to have here, it, it, they go by biblical principles. They, you know, they get to the Supreme Court, you have the Ten Commandments there. And we, you'll see our definement there. So in other words, you can't, uh, you're not going to have porn up there. You're not going to have these sites that are sites that contain material that go against our Constitution, go against our, what our founding fathers put in there. It really defines what free speech is. For example, Swearing is now you're not going to be able to swear. There'll be four words for sure you can't say. You can't say the C word, the N word, the F word, and you can't use God's name in vain. What a concept, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah, That's really know. puritanical. I like it. It's a little more God sort of damn. Dr- dramatic than I expected. Mike Lindell that coming an, in. That was an Owen Wilson wow, though. thought for a minute it was Owen Wilson inter- yeah. interviewing him. Mike Lindell, new social media platform. I, I think it's the official platform of Yes, This Is Podcast, where now no Strong more Instagram. Judeo-Christian values. Yeah. Is it too late to back out? No more Instagram. No more Twitter. We're going to just be on, I don't know, Pillow Talk? We're barely on anything as it is, so... The stuff you've been doing is excellent. I, I, I love I, it. I've, I've done nothing this week. You posted the clip of me talking about Tony LaRusso. Oh, yeah. That the, was hilarious. Yeah, with the... You need the picture. It's you really picture, good with yeah. the picture. I'm gonna... I was kind of thinking to myself that I might start pulling clips. Muhammad, stop eating the computer. <laughs> I know you're hungry, buddy. <laughs> He's hungry for screens. <laughs> um, this is uh, the band The Armed. They were the hot... They just put out a new record that came out today. Oh, okay. And they were all over... Uh, the various social medias, specifically Twitter. Not Judeo- Pillow Talk. <laughs> Judeo-Christian. They have good Judeo-Christian values. The record's called Ultra Pop. This song is called All Futures. Uh, I don't know if it's for me, but I kind of dig it. Hmm. How do you feel about it? The very little that I've heard and the very yeah. low-quality sound that I can hear. Really? It doesn't it's, it's sound just, like it's, it's for me It's just soft. Yet. <laughs> it's not for you. I don't, yeah. Anyway... Uh, what week is this? Welcome to yes. yes. This is <laughs> podcast. Okay, we are. Maybe we should all do a thing where we each kind of introduce a certain part of it. Okay. Um, a syllable. Uh, we each get a syllable. We each get a syllable. I've been. I'm. I'm excited to record today because it's is been episode twenty four. Episode twenty. Does that include the lost episode? The which one? The the one that we had to take down. No, that does okay. not include that. All right, that will be appearing on Mike Lindell's social media platform. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm stoked to record. It's been one of those long weeks where you just... The fucking weather is brutal. Oh. Today was, was wild. Snow flurries. New England for you. It is New England for us. Mm-hmm. I, I hear that buzz? That's what people always say. Yeah. What do you want? You live in New England. I, I didn't choose to be born here. <laughs> I mean, geez. Jeez. Snow in April. Yeah. Remember the April Fool storm? I do. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one because we were still young enough for it not to impact us, but we got a day off of school. And every day off from school was a surprise. You had oh, to yeah. wait till the morning. Yep. Those were the days. I feel like Scott lived a little different of a like a life than us. What do you mean? How so? I don't know. You don't seem to have like this sort of fond recollection if of surprise. If anything, I lived a very different life than the two of you. I, 
I lived a very standard life. Coming from divorced parents and all that, two homes. That's true. I, I always forget that me and Scott are the last remaining parents in love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I was always, I was part of the snow watchers. Watch because we <laughs> the had to snow wait watchers till, of America. Well, you had Bridgewater. We had to wait all the way till the W's. Yep. You know, to find out. I feel like snow watchers would be like a thing in a Wes Anderson movie mm-hmm. where you might be in a club called the Snow Watchers, and Wes Anderson, you know, was very inspired by a flick that we saw, mm-hmm. Harold and Maud. Yes, that's the movie of the week. Um, the music is Cat Stevens. Meow Meow Podcasts, Cat Stevens. <laughs> These were Emily selections in case you weren't they able were. to discern that on your own. Blatantly a roundabout <laughs> way to force us to watch something you like, yes. which is fine, which is cool. We'll throw a bone once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we might we might be listening to Cat, but I'll eat a bone. Like it doesn't matter. Uh we also listen to Home is Where. That's mm-hmm. a band. Uh, not, the not good SEO on that. I couldn't figure out what was the band name, what was the album name. Um, Home is Where Band Album, I Became Birds. I Yeah, we picked that randomly. I saw some lyrics that I thought you might like, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, let me pull up the document, which is how we run this thing. Um, week 24... <laughs> I'm just reading this. I'm like, all right. So, new podcast rule: we can only talk about one shitty Republican per episode. This one, we're already up to one, and we're about That's to hit right. four. Um, well, we we established this rule because last week it was just too too many, too long, too much. Really? Yeah. I didn't think it was a problem. I enjoy it. I it was a lot. Was it? <laughs> yeah. I didn't listen to last week's yet. When you get to Newt Gingrich level, you're in trouble. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay that that's fair uh so i guess getting to the topics uh big ted cruz little mike lee and shiny josh howley they want to announce legislation to end mlb's major league baseball special immunity from antitrust laws um yeah em- emily does that mean anything to you no i need to ask Do you think it's you good or bad what that means um if they want to do it then it's bad Right? Unfortunately, you're incorrect. Really? Yeah, you are. Yeah, they're just stupid. So if you picked they were stupid. Do you have an overview of the antitrust laws? Because I don't. Um, it's just taxes, I think. Is it? It's not. Um... Well, I thought, is Major League Baseball considered not for profit? I don't know. How can that be? It's, the NFL is. I know that. Really? It's a service to the community. I, I don't really know. I don't. I don't know the details on it. But it only took five seconds for us to get out of our depth with the subject. So, all right. So I don't know any football players off the top of my head. Tom Brady is he's technically nonprofit. No, no, this is the owners. There's no way. But it's There's just no way. Well, they they're able to. I guess function. You might be right. I don't know. Is that it? I don't know. So the most of the major sports organizations are. Covered under these antitrust laws, and I don't know what that means, but I know it makes them a lot of money, and it gives them a lot more. Um, what are we looking for here? Tax breaks? No, but they can just kind of do whatever they want. Yeah, I mean, they can. I'm sure there's like rules with. And so, so this was lastly reaffirmed in what the 70s or the 50s. Well, they just did a thing a couple of years ago called America's Pastime Act, which was that employees of baseball players and the minors they're not considered 
hourly employees. They're like private contractors. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to pay them minimum wage rules. Like a minor league baseball player gets paid like $12,000 a year. Wow. And these are the guys that are really just trying to make it. Right. These aren't guys with big signing bonuses. A lot of them probably come from affluent white families, but... Well, some of them are from the Dominican Republic, Cuba, um, (laughs) Aruba, Jamaica, Kokomo. They had tried to kind of unionize because the current MLBPA, the Players Association, only covers major league players. Mm -hmm. Minor leaguers are completely on their own. And so it'd be extremely beneficial, obviously, like all unions are. For the players to be able to unionize and get some minimum minimum wage, uh, basic working conditions, all that stuff. And this got struck down. Well, they passed what they called America's Pastime Act, which they snuck into the omnibus bill a couple of years ago when the government was about to shut down. And this bill would not have passed on its own, but they snuck it in. I don't know how they did it. They're powerful lobbyists. Also, minor league owners and towns were worried that Team, uh, Major League Baseball would start taking away teams because they had to start paying them appropriately. Well, with coronavirus, it happened anyway. <laughs> they did it anyway. So it was like, you know, the guy that led the one of the most powerful like lobbyists for made, for minor league baseball. He uh, he, you know, helped pass this act, and I I heard an interview with him a couple months ago, and he was like, "All I want to do is preserve." Uh oh, let's be a minor league baseball fan. <laughs> All he wanted to do was preserve, like, small-town baseball. That's why he led the charge to pass this act. Well, no one saw coronavirus happening, and that was an excuse for them to just pull out anyway. And, you know, minor league baseball is kind of dead. I don't know. It's important to a lot of places in the country that don't have major league teams. And it's where you can go, and it's a cheap form of entertainment. Um, The owners of minor league teams don't make a ton of money. No. So how much does it cost to go see a minor league team versus a major league team a major league team is about if you want to take let's say the three of us want to go it'd be about twelve thousand dollars <laughs> but a minor league team would be a buck 380 so it's not it's not close at all no, but like Pawtucket tickets 10 bucks okay mind you Pawtucket ran their own team out of town yeah the woo they're now the woo socks they're in worcester so what happened there was that all right we're getting way off track but i just want to say that the they wanted to build a new stadium right mm-hmm. so normally when a new stadium is built you're dealing with millionaire owners that should billionaire owners that should be able to pay for all of it. Well, every owner is going to be like, "Hey, we want tax breaks. We want it to be funded by taxpayer money." So at that point, it, it's up to local legislators to convince the town or cities and say, "Hey, if we pay taxes towards, if our tax money goes towards this, over time there'll be a beneficial sort of it'll be beneficial." Yeah. So the Pawtucket legislators they want to keep the teams there. And the the uh, the like the residents were like, yeah, we want to keep them there, but like they just couldn't find a balance. And Worcester was like, we'll pay as much as you want for a new stadium. So they built a brand new stadium in Worcester. So now they're the Woo Sox. They're the Woo Sox, and it's kind of weird too because Pawtucket's closer to Boston than Worcester is. So like, if the Red Sox need a guy in the morning, like they're coming from Worcester. That was pre-pandemic, but nonetheless, mm. we got to move right, on real quick. The antitrust exemption resulted from a 1922 Supreme Court ruling that stated that the business of Major League Baseball did not constitute, quote, interstate commerce, thus making it exempt from the Sherman Act, which prevents businesses from conspiring with one another in an effort to thwart competition. I don't even, I I feel like I know less. (laughs) 
<laughs> I have a really dumb question. Sure. It's going to sure. show we're, my we're dumb. extreme dumbness. <laughs> so we have the Yankees on right now. They are a major league team. Yep. What are the Chicago Cubs? They're major leagues. But they're they're in a different... There's the American League and the National League. American National. Okay. I was, Just conf- a way to I was kind confusing of... major and minor with American uh, and National. Got it. We'll edit that out. <laughs> so <laughs> Thank you. So anyways, Georgia got the all-star game pulled from Atlanta. Do you know that? Yes. Because of the racist voting laws they're yes. trying to implement. It's one way to look at it. And so this is why... I'm just joking. <laughs> this is why those three jackasses are trying to come after Major League Baseball now. But as a rule, the antitrust exemption is just really... It's a joke. ...good for baseball. Yeah. And... It's good for everybody. But Republicans would generally just love it because it's, it's pro just business. making... Yeah. Mm. Capitalism. So now they're kind of just... Got it. All the Republican idiots are just going after this stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, I hope it's going to go nowhere, and you'll probably hear about it for another five days. Maybe you'll hear about it a little more when the All-Star Game is I won't hear about it at all unless you guys tell me. (laughs) But the All-Star Game will be in Colorado this year, and uh, whatever. It's just another another stunt from two guys that I know of that like to do stunts. That's Josh Howley and Ted Cruz. So uh, I was thinking of Josh. Is it Holly or Holly? I think it's Holly. Holly. I don't fucking know. Josh Holly today because I saw some guy was getting his book pulled and he had that whole, it's very Orwellian thing for a publisher to pull a book because of political reasons. Some, uh, a cop was going to write his, his interpretation of the Breonna Taylor. Where, where was it work? I saw it online. Oh. Penguin, I think is the publisher that pulled okay. the, the book. So, thinking a good old but he's Orwellian. Still, yeah, but he still has his book coming out on a major publisher. Yeah. So, it's it's just a it's a fucking joke. It's more PR, essentially. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, um hold on one second. I got to Uh-oh. Is this where your weed stash is? <laughs> I got to put a little something on wow. here. Wow. This you thwarted us. Well, I wasn't expecting it to come, but it actually this is one of two. So Patrick right now <laughs> reached behind his sound bar <laughs> and pulled out his new gold chain. I'm shocked you were able to contain yourself this long. <laughs> I got to put it on. Hold on one second. Well, well, uh, we'll make, you we, should know that I was kind of, you know, had open <laughs> shirt. You always just dress like that. <laughs> oh, jeez. So Patrick's now trying to figure out how to wear the necklace. And we'll, we'll, we're going to make sure we get a picture of this so that everyone can uh, see what kind of I'm gonna have, like so much jewelry i can't put on a gold chain this is the 20 incher okay so i bought a 22 as well and that won't be here till sunday no 36 inch chain ah there we go oh wait let me look cool how's it look here it's been on video this whole oh, time no well I, I don't know if i want the video to be released here, let me do a, do that little Uh. <laughs> can i can i see the picture yeah. later okay maybe yep. tomorrow so now i'm a gold chain guy which is very exciting like, okay exciting for who you? the listeners of this podcast <laughs> uh my family my friends do my you want to give ca- your acceptance speech right now well, for the gold well, this chain? is the 20 inch so i got the 22 coming in mm-hmm. so wear that in conjunction all so right it'd be pretty cool you walk around like you got a 22-inch chain. Yeah. Did you see the thing about Killer Mike on OAN? 
Was that really him? I don't know. I it saw doesn't it on look Twi- like him. It does not look like him. And that's a blatant... So it doesn't look like him at all. I hopped on Twitter this morning like I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I saw a thing, a guy I follow... Wait, wait, does it go... What comes first, Pitchfork or Twitter? Twitter, Pitchfork is not a daily thing anymore. Bullshit. Okay. What? Bullshit. <laughs> okay. So I see someone tweeted that Killer Mike was wearing a thin blue... Like something about thin blue line. I'm like... It did not surprise me. It's possible. It's possible because he's like a pro sort of NRA guy, mm-hmm. but he's also he's Bernie's boy. Yeah, but he's also like about capital. He's he's a capitalist. He's trying to build up black businesses. Yeah, whatever. So then I see the the, the screenshot from him on OAN, and I'm like, that's not him. It doesn't. It doesn't even look like him. No. There's not enough evidence there to do it. So the pixels are not working in our favor to tell if it's him or not. Yeah, it's just not his body shape. If anything, it looks like Big Boy from fucking uh, Outcast. So, all right. Well, that's good that it's not him. Confirmed here. We confirmed confirmed here. Um, Scott, Amazon's The Lord of the Rings to cost $465,000, which I think is a steal. Whoa. (laughs) Wait, did I misread it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the M stands for million. Oh, okay. $465 million for just one season. Did you read that article? I didn't read it, no. <laughs> I skimmed it. I, I skimmed it, too. That's ridiculous. Well, they paid half a half a billy, or was it a full Are we billy? saying billy now? Yeah. <laughs> for what? The, just the rights. I think it was a half billion just for the Wait, rights. Wait, hold on. Let me check. We are saying billy. All right. All right. I'm consulting my the cha- chain. Yeah, consulting the chain. I'm pretty sure they paid $500 million just for the rights. So. $500 million, yep. That's what I thought. I thought it was no, kind of a... They expected to pay $500 million for multiple seasons of the show. That's what they expected this entire project to cost. No, but the, they paid for the rights first. Yeah, one, one billion. It was a, it was a one full, billion. It yep. was a billy. Did you see when they asked uh, Jeff Bezos about it? He was like, "Yeah, I like Tolkien. Tolkien, my own." Just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to read the. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. That's so a, that's they a lot compared of money. it to Game of Thrones, which. At most, cost a hundred million, million yeah. per season. That's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I guess they only had six episodes that last season. But how, this can't have much more than that. Ten, maybe. No, no, it's definitely an absurd price tag. It's one episode, a half billion dollars, <laughs> and it's forty-seven minutes long. Well, Especially I guess we'll have a follow-up on this. The I'm article doesn't for tell it you. Still. I'm not. I thought the. I mean, that price tag is setting some pretty high expectations that I don't know if they can meet. I thought they were fine. Okay. I didn't love them. Okay. You don't watch the extended editions once a year? No, okay. I don't. I do drink that much, but I don't smoke that much weed. All right. I don't smoke any weed, and I really I love the movies, yeah. Okay. Not The Hobbits. Those are trash. Interesting. The mm-hmm. frame rate's too uh, slow for you? Scott's a Hobbit it. defender. No, he's down. not. You no, were no. when they came out. I went to go see all of them in the you high frame You were very excited. Rates. No. But they just weren't very... They were just way too um, engorged. Engorged. Interesting way to put it. (laughs) That's a good review. I think I read that in Ebert review. He was like, yeah, when I saw uh, Barbarella, I became too engorged. Barbarella. Barbarella. (laughs) It's a Jane Fonda flick. Okay. Uh, Scott, Winter is Coming, I read online this week. Can you tell me a little bit about that? No, I don't know what we're talking about. Did you read that? The Game yep. of Thrones account tweeted Winter is Coming. No. The scuttlebutt is they're going to redo season six. What? Season six? Or whatever. The last Season six was a great season. Well, There's no the reason last, to redo what, it. What was the shitty one? Eight. 
They're going to redo season eight. Huh. There's no way. Yeah, they won't. Okay. You, Moving on. You're not going to get all the actors back. No. You can't do it with different actors. Really? There will be a, Shouldn't. a prequel show. Yes. That's, that's happening. No. Uh, eventually, but right now is um, it's a Targaryen history. That'll be cool. Don't. Come on. That's based, just based on the Fire and Blood book. Yeah. That'll be fun. Redoing season eight is wishful fan thinking that took off. That's the kind of shit that like gets that happens though. Yeah. I mean, why you should avoid Twitter. When Justice League came out, I was on Twitter every day. I found every woman involved, and I just went at her. And then (laughs) they redid it. So, you know what the lesson is there? I'm what? Tell me. You can break a woman down. All right, so uh, on Friday, I got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and then How are you? Uh, 72 hours later, they promptly stopped serving it. Yeah. So if you went out to a bar and said, give me the J&J, you couldn't get it anymore. Yeah. Is that how you got yours at a bar? I think so. It was a bar called Walgreens. <laughs> uh, I felt fine when I got it. My arm really hurt, and I felt like shit the next day, but uh, no clots. Well, you felt like shit the next day, but that's undetermined as to why. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, true we can't blame it on the vaccine uh i felt like i had like bad allergies okay so don't can you not wink at me <laughs> uh but like you know everybody was busting my balls about getting the j and j vaccine and i'm just like what the fuck i mean i got a vaccine a lot of people got the j and j yeah and they're okay i mm-hmm. think it'll be okay they just announced so. uh pfizer might need a third dose i really yeah. was it pfizer or moderna pfizer i think moderna announced it as well no no. <laughs> no. Well, well either think, way but that's they're gonna combine it with a flu shot oh yeah it's a jamming us full of god knows what if it's all tracking devices and windows 95 <laughs> Get the nanoparticle <laughs> yeah it doesn't really matter windows 95 <laughs> um all right but we'll, you're okay we'll I'm keep tabs okay. on you we'll check in with you thank you uh yeah it's just it's weird to like some did I tell you about the guy at work? He got the J&J on Friday morning. He died at night. And it's like, yeah, it wasn't from the shot, but a guy did get the J&J vaccine and died later on that night. That goes into the stats column. Someone who I worked kind of closely with, too. Really kind of sad. Rest in peace. I guess. <laughs> I don't think he's going to find any peace. No? I don't think so. What's the joke? There's no joke. Uh, all right. Can I bring up a topic? You filled this fucking agenda <laughs> with so much nonsense. It's what is this CNN, Warner Media News and Sports Privacy Policy? <laughs> that was a bad copy and paste. Ignore that. That's not part of the... Po- <laughs> <laughs> that, that's nothing. It's not podcast related at all. It's uh, on the agenda, so... I know. I made a mistake. <laughs> you couldn't okay? delete it? I, I tried to. <laughs> All right, uh, Bernie Madoff, rest in piss. Do you guys agree? <laughs> yeah, he had a good run. He did have a good run. Uh, crippled the Mets, which we can appreciate. Hell yeah! Uh, but he also took. Who's the guy that wrote Night? E- Ellie Wiesel. I'm so glad that I passed that off <laughs> on you. Uh, he took all his money. He did. I didn't yeah. know that. Which is weird to me. Everyone loves a. Uh an investment opportunity. That's true. Mind, I have a couple I want to tell you guys about later off air. Um, <laughs> okay. But I, I think that that is Ponzi really sad. Ponzi Pat. Ponzi <laughs> Pat. I, I think that's kind of sad that uh, Eli Witzel. 
Close. So close. <laughs> Eli Schnitzel? This is gonna go. <laughs> now it's <laughs> getting offensive. Um, no, it's just, it's. did you watch The Wizard of Lies? No. Not me neither. I've never watched an HBO original movie starring somebody who's way too famous to be in bad makeup. Yeah, Have you? No, I just can't Paterno? do it. Paterno? You don't watch Paterno? No. Nope. Okay. I haven't Jack? heard of any of these. You don't know Jack? I didn't watch That's that. The, uh, Kevorkian one? Yeah. With, uh, it's just, it's somehow there. Is that De Niro? That's uh, Pacino. Pacino. So HBO does TV really well and movies not so well? Is that what, no, the, they do what you're saying? Movies solidly. But they just always cast like it's Pacino or De Niro. Yeah. And then you, you're supposed to believe that they're Jack Kevorkian. Or okay. De Niro is Bernie Madoff. Okay. So it's like, come on. It's too big of a star. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Speaking of actors playing somebody who's a big star, mm. um, I'm going to fill the music intro. Pete Davidson, who we all know and love, he, Scott calls him the king of Staten Island, which I think is an ap- appropriate. I don't know why he would call him that. <laughs> uh, I call him the king of Saturday night because mm-hmm. Saturday night I like to gather around the tube, 1130, I put it on, live from New York, it's Saturday night, yep. Pete Davidson, he's going to play Joey Ramone. Now In the, bio, I say biopic, what do you guys say? Biopic. Scott? I go back and forth. Nobody says biopic. Jesus. No, a lot of people do. Really? Yes. I no, thought I, have I was to like, say, this song. I was waiting for Scott to say, cut that out. Cut it out. This song out. featured in Royal Tenenbaums, mm-hmm. the scene where Ben Stiller and his kids are running around wearing the exact jacket that you're wearing mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> Call me Ari because I'm one of Ben Stiller's kids in Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll call my I'll call my dad to run over one of my cats when he's got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think Pete, Pete Davidson can pull it off. I think he'll be fine. Good luck, Pete. Yeah. The thing I mean, is, with with portrayals like Joy Ramo- Joy Ramone, you have a lot to work with, so you can like go overboard and it will work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a larger than life kind of figure. I, I, and you just you have to wear sunglasses the whole time and a wig, so he'll be fine. Were you a big Ramones fan? No, not really. Um, not big, but I do like a lot of their stuff. Yeah. But I, I never got like fully into them. I think I was too Green Day. What do you mean? Like I was, I just got into Green Day and I was too young to like trace the lineage of their sound. Uh, okay. Because then I got really into Screeching Weasel. Yeah. Screeching Weasel was just a Ramones ripoff. Is, is Ellie in that? <laughs> That's not a bad joke. <laughs> we have to put a little warning at the end. Uh, trigger warning for this episode <laughs> just being shitty <laughs> uh, is it different from any other episode <laughs> i listen to every episode it's i do true. too and some of the, i do i listen to well most of them <laughs> and i always say these are really funny who's the host what He's i brilliant. like is that you listen after you post them so like we expect you to do some editing cut out some of that like mic issues and you don't you just post them and then three days later you'll text us saying i'm listening to the episode now it's really good <laughs> i don't think mic issues are you can't blame the mic issues aren't going to be what breaks us no but it's if you're aiming for a good product yeah but it's it's 20 seconds that don't have to be there i right. understand you're not a full-time producer i have a job <laughs> but that i work 50 hours a week we pay at. you well. i'm doing two very popular podcasts yeah i have a ppp loan that's 1.5 million dollars that i'm drawing from that's my salary and it's difficult Anyway, Pete Davidson, we wish you luck. 
Um, I like Pete Davidson. He'll be fine. I like King of Staten Island way more than I expected, but also I think I was quarantine drunk at the time because it was like a movie that came out in quarantine that were, it was long too. Yeah, it was. It had good timing on it. Yeah. Overall, are you a fan of Judd Apatow? Not really. Okay, I am. Scott, I'm on the lower end. Okay, I'm more into like Hal Ashby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last detail, being there. I don't know. Harold and Maude. Those are like my. Some. Kind of you movies. know what's an interesting tie-in, and I don't know if this is true, but I read that Judd Apatow named his first daughter Maude. Maude. After Harold and Maude. I love her in a little uh, show called Euphoria. I haven't seen it. She's really good in it. Don't know who she plays, but she's excellent. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, did you hear about Mayo Dad? <laughs> Not until I saw it on the agenda. <laughs> okay. Well, let me just cut out the uh, Ramon. Scott, did you hear of Mayo Dad? Yes, this was the last thing you tweeted me in our DMs. Oh, okay. So basically, let <laughs> our DMs. That's funny. Um, so, uh, big mayonnaise, right? They're trying to gather a little steam because, you know, after... Dukes has taken over yeah, and well, they got to reclaim... They s- I put a big dent into their, you know, I bought a lot of mayo. Yeah. So after and the, that. We, had, we gave them the Dukes, or this, uh, the bump on yeah, this podcast. Yeah, we gave them the, the Dukes, the classic Yes is His Podcast mayo bump. Yep. Any product we mention kind of, I don't know, goes up point zero 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 one percent So with mayonnaise, it went up. <laughs> so this was an ad, and it appeared on Reddit, and it said, do you or a loved one have an irrational fear of mayo, otherwise known as mayophobia? Tell us your story below. Best response responses get gold. So this guy, Brian Bushwood, he says Brushwood. Brushwood, okay. I feel that distinction is important. It is. <laughs> he says, first off, fuck you. Okay. Strong words. Strong words for a condiment. Um, I would think that those <laughs> I would think a phrase like that would be reserved for, I don't know, relish. <laughs> I don't know, maybe sugar sriracha. free. Sriracha. Something spicy. Mm. Um, fuck you for this campaign on principle alone. You're a fucking hyena of shitbag for even starting this campaign. Shame on whatever 23-year-old pitched it. Shame on whatever 49-year-old approved it. So... You know, this is Mayo Dad. He's having one of his classic Mayo Dad meltdowns. So, blah, 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 blah. Next up, your product literally kills my children. I understand that sometimes there's a benefit to being edgy, but forgive me when I say the consumption of your product will kill my children. Basically, these kids have mayo allergies. Probably an egg allergy of some sort. Okay, guess what? Jason Manzoukas has an egg allergy. Is he on? He's not out here <laughs> He's cursing Crest Mayo. Yeah, so I just thought, this guy just completely melted down and never backed off. Oh, so, wait, the thing you just read said his children literally died. I know. Almost died. No, literally kills my children. Oh, kills, not he, killed. Okay. At some point in the tweet storm, he said it's he's had it attack two out of three of his kids. And like okay. every drive-thru is like, uh, every time they go to the drive-thru or drive up, it's fucking uh, Russian roulette. Your kids are like, they're super young. What are you getting them that it might have mayo in it? Also, if your kids have that severe of an egg allergy, don't eat fast food. I agree. It's a good point, Emily. <laughs> so, Mayo Dad. Who is uh, Brian Brushwood? He's verified on Twitter. I don't know. I want to get verified so bad. Tugsy Loads <laughs> needs to be verified. You got to clean up your act first. 
scrub the the past there. Tugsy Loads needs to clean up, huh? <laughs> yeah. Tugsy Loads needs to wipe the walls down. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I just thought Mayo Dad was a great character. He didn't quite reach character of the week status. No, he's just too too fucking ridiculous. Too vociferous in his yeah. hate of Mayo. Um, dial it back. Dial it back. Everyone's favorite power couple has more new music coming. Who is the power couple? That is Justin Vernon. Of? Boniver. Mm-hmm. And Taylor Swift of Taylor and the Swifties. <laughs> which I found this to be very bad news. And <laughs> I thought of you immediately when I saw it. You worried? I just don't. I, just, I listened want... to Folklore again the other day. That really? song came on. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I don't know. I don't really know how I felt about it. Make a new new record. That's my... Make a new Boniver record. Maybe he really likes working with Taylor Swift. And you can't begrudge him that. As much as this, you don't like it. Yeah, I mean, this is... This song has 212 million plays. It's the most popular Boniver song. <laughs> Tough stuff for my guy right here. I know. I mean... Just gotta kiss the gold chain at that point. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be very similar to this, and everything will be fine. You yeah, don't, you it'll don't have be to worry. good. I mean, it's gonna be good. I mean, this is good, right? Someone tell me it's good. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. It's perfectly fine. It's okay. You're gonna be do you all like right. It, Pat? I do, but like, I'll never throw this on casually. This is how I feel right now, to be honest. I think I've seen this film before. I have seen this film before. Uh, I don't know. Now, it's tough stuff. How about stuff. a film we hadn't seen before? <laughs> That's what a great segue. Uh, Harold and Maude, recommended by Emily. What's your middle name? Anne. E A G. It's in the game. It's in the movie. E A Sports. <laughs> 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 So when you, I, can I just tell you a little side story that no one will care about? Sure. That's so our the whole friend podcast. Tony, who we mention a lot on this podcast, when I was on Twitter, my Twitter handle was ea underscore good, mm-hmm. and Tony for like two years thought it was ea sports that he was oh, friends wow. with, and so anytime <laughs> I liked a tweet of his, he thought ea sports was liking his tweets. What a bozo! It's amazing. <laughs> he sent me. Like a super high quality video of him playing the piano last night. Uh, you know what? Do you want me to, I'm going to play it because I can pull it up real quick. So Tony was he, the video high quality or the quality of the piano playing. Everything was way too good. I wanted to actually intro the podcast with it, but I listened to it this morning at, as soon as I woke up. So I'll play this. This is Tony, who, who's the co-creator of this podcast, playing the piano. But we have no affiliation with him. Please, no, absolutely not. <laughs> He should write us a theme song. He should. I don't know what song this is. If I had to guess, I'd say a Bright Eyes song. Or like Cursive, maybe? I don't yeah. know. Does he have a piano in his house? He has tons of instruments. It's a keyboard. Okay. That's it. Tony playing the keyboard. Good job, Good Tony. Good job, buddy. Um, I'd say the name of the song, but it's a slur. So, <laughs> Harold and Maude, uh, what year did this come out? 1971. Do we take a break? Let's we take, take a break, yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. We're going to talk Harold and Maude. We're going to talk Cat Stevens. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk Home is Where, if we can fit it in. I don't know. I kind of jammed that in there. but uh, It's okay. We can get it. 
Um, yeah, let me play a little song to kind of get us out comfortably. All right. Is this Tony? <laughs> Tony Swift. I've seen that body. That guy in Swift. song that that's I, our friend tony on piano <laughs> a song that i actually knew well before uh i was kind of familiar with cat stevens was it from extras it? the extras yeah the extras oh, okay. ricky gervais i knew that's what you knew it from um yeah cool song i sing it all the time it's one of those perpetually stuck in my head songs it's always stuck in my it's head. only a minute long there were a bunch of songs on that soundtrack right couldn't tell if i knew it or if i didn't well they also played them a hundred each song was like played 30 times that's yeah. an exaggeration but <laughs> okay I think, I think one the song hat. was played twice and then if you want to sing out was played three times in okay. different forms um we're talking about harold and maude yes we're talking about cat stevens what's cat stevens new name yusuf islam okay now when i was at when did he change his name do you know uh Early 2000s, I think. It was right after 9-11, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So when when I was like looking up Cat Stevens, that was one of the first times I kind of fell victim to like Islamic Muslim panic. What because do you when mean? he when he changed his name, people were like, oh, he sucks. Like, why would he do that? And I remember being like, yeah, why would he do that? Because you were of I was the a mindset. Kid. I, was a, I was a fucking <laughs> kid. I mean, it was... You know, we were susceptible. We were yeah. susceptible. So, I also thought Cat Stevens was kind of like, a, a, like did lullabies. Like what? Like what made you think that? Cats in the Cradle. Oh, that's a different guy. Really? Yes. Who is it? Um, I have to look it up because I'm okay, not well, remember off the top I, of my head. I guess I kind of. Jeez, that's that's on me. But like, that is I, not Cat Stevens. Wild World seemed to me like a lullaby type song. Ooh, baby, baby. But Harry Chapin, Cats in the Cradle. Yeah, I just thought he was kind of like, kind of a guy that sang like lullabies. But like, these were rock songs in the movie. I thought they were pretty moody sort of yeah. rock songs. This song is not in the movie, to be clear. But I think no, it probably I, is what he's most well known for. Based on Spotify, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, now. 
We, Emily, what uh, made you choose this? Absolutely, I have to know. Well, we've been talking for a while about doing a movie soundtrack episode. And so I was trying to think of like going back and forth about um, a movie and like a curated list of songs. And then I thought, well, there are a few movies out there who have just one artist doing their score. Mm-hmm. The Graduate... Simon and Garfunkel. Sure. Harold uh, and Maude. Half Nelson Cat with scenes. Ryan Gosling. Broken social scene. There you go. So I thought that might be a better intro for discussion. Plus, I love this movie and I know neither of you have seen it. So I thought it would be a good way for you guys to be say, introduced ne- to a cult neither classic. Neither of you love it. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Uh, those are all great reasons. This is a movie that I've seen. Not I've seen the cover. Mm-hmm. I've heard about it. I know who Bud Court is. Um, I did not know who the Ruth Gordon was at all. You didn't? Not really. I was I'm surprised not, you knew who he was and not her. I just knew he was like an actor that after this movie didn't do much. Yeah. But I did a little research, so I know that's not entirely true. Right. Um, I, I did not like his face. He's got a very distinct face. I could not tell how old he was at any point. No, it, at some points he seemed like he was 14, but I, then I think he was probably like 21, I had 22. 12 or 20. Just <laughs> kind of like the opening scene. He looks yeah. really young. He looks young throughout the entire thing. Now, this is based on a book. It is based on the screenwriter, who I forget his name, Colin something. Um, he wrote a thesis in college, and it was like a short story version mm-hmm. of this. Have you read it before? No. I don't know if it's even published. I assume it is at this point, but... When did you first see this movie? So this is my embarrassing intro to this movie. The movie Garden State came out in what year? 2003? four, Something like that. There's no way to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I will look... Scott, look it up. Yeah, I'll find it. I loved that movie when it came out. It has not aged very well. And no, it has As you grow up, you realize the flaws in it. However... At the time, I watched the... 04. 04. That's crazy. I would have I said like 2009. No. It, I knew I was in college still. I watched the um, commentary version of it with okay. Zach Braff doing commentary. And there's a scene in that movie where he goes to see his therapist. And he says, this scene, the way I set it up, is my tribute to Harold and Maude. Because okay. I love that movie. And I had never heard of that movie. So after that, I went and sought it out. I think I rented it from Blockbuster. I've... Bridgewater Blockbuster? Yeah. They definitely had it because I had seen it there. Yep. It was the cover of, the cover was them kind of looking off in the distance. Yeah. It, they definitely had it. And to me, when I would kind of come across that movie, I, I couldn't like Google what it was about or Not like do a Wikipedia. Then, yeah. But it did intrigue me in a way that probably maybe like, a Wes Anderson movie would have kind of caught me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm being disingenuous when I say that, but like it did look kind of cool. Yeah, it's very stylized. Even the cover. Although I will say the cover gives a sort of like a misinterpretation. The movie of was the marketed film. terribly. Uh, yeah. The, so we all ha- we've all seen the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, so I watched it in 2004 and loved it, and I have watched it. I watched it for whatever reason around Christmas time, so it became like a Christmas movie to me, mm-hmm. even though it has nothing to do with Christmas. So I would watch it every year when I was wrapping gifts or doing like, oh, wow. Christmas activities. And then I sort of fell out of that tradition. But What did you think of the movie, Scott? We'll get to it okay. as we go along. Well, so 
to me, I... Th- oh, and I did learn that it was also mentioned in Something About Mary. Really? Mary really? says it's her the greatest love story of all time, which I don't remember, but... So the movie was marketed as they had a friendship, but when you watch the movie, it's clearly a sexual romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, I did not know that was the case until I started reading about the movie as I was watching it. That kind of changes the dynamic of how it was probably marketed, which makes it a little more, I guess, taboo, as you yeah. would say. Um, I thought that it was a very weird movie for mm-hmm. 1971, right? Yep. I enjoyed it as it went along. I don't know if I was in the right frame of mind to sort of... It's just so weird for 1971 between the fake suicides, the romance. Um, it's weird for any time period, not yeah. just 71, but maybe more 71 than now when people are more experimental, I guess. Well, like if you remake that movie now, it's a quirky romantic comedy without any of like the black. It, it's a black comedy. Yeah. You remake that now, there's no way you can make those black comedy aspects without being sort of. Like, it, it just won't work. Right. I don't think they really could have made it then. They made it work. I think they just Well, there was a lot of fighting yeah. between Robert Evans and Hal Ashby. Mm-hmm. And Bud Court and Ruth Gordon did not get along during it because Bud uh, Bud Court, who played uh, Harold, he was more into, like, improv- improvisational stylings where Ruth Gordon was like, no, we're going to do the script. And I thought they had great chemistry. They did, and they became good friends after. That's awesome. Throughout their, like... The rest of her life, anyway, she has since passed. But no way. <laughs> the ripe old age of one thirty-seven. <laughs> Rest in peace. Born in years old. Mass. Ruth Gordon. And if you hear, it's like certain points, her accent comes out. You can hear it. Wait, so where's she from? Quincy. Really? Yep. Huh. The Born in Quincy. Stomping grounds. Died in uh, Edgerton, which I think is the vineyard, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a cool movie. I liked it. I think it started off strong with the fake suicides and then it was a little lull and then it, I thought it ended really strong. I loved the Jaguar hearse. <laughs> that was very funny. Just that kind of comedy was like, that's very ahead of its time. So there was kind of two stories going on, right? At, mm-hmm. at the same time. There's Harold and his mother, who is amazing. His mother is an amazing character. And the comedy between them really works. And then there's Harold and Maude. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt they kind of bounced back and forth between those two storylines. And Harold was a de- very different person between those yeah. two people in his life. Well, hey, when he was with mom, he was like 12. But, I mean, it's true, though. I mean, you know, when he was with his mother, he was a... Uh, yeah, she infantilizes like him. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Those are the key words. Um, I just... I, I don't know what kind of, like, rewatchability the movie has for me. Uh, for you, I, yeah, I can't say. For me, it has great rewatchability. <laughs> yeah, I just... I was... It was weirder than I thought it was going to be. I just can't believe a movie from 1971 was that strange. That's, I didn't know anything about it going into it. I don't read my plot synopses as I'm watching the movie. You don't read which, in general. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. Pat's favorite pastime is just looking up the movie, spoiling it as he goes <laughs> along. For He can't wait 10 minutes. I, that's, I have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> but So I opened it, and the, the text opened you what? sent when we started the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, my first note was, that's Did a Did you guys dark. watch together, but each in your own homes? No. Okay. We should have, okay. but we didn't. 
but so I said that's a far dark fucking opening. And I don't really get it. I said I and said the Pat's same text to first you. First text to me as soon as he opens is I don't get this. And then, but once you see him do it the second time, with the grotesque amount of blood, which looked really good, it did. Um, the then s- you start to kind of get the feel for it. Mm-hmm. So Harold is a like a somewhere between eighteen and twenty year old kid guy. I think he was to like twenty two. I don't think he surpassed 20. (laughs) (laughs) He never quite reached the mountain of 20. But he's a very privileged kid, and he has no direction in his life. Mm -hmm. And he's a very depressed young man. And so he, his... His pastimes are things like going to funerals and faking his own death to get his mother's attention or to somehow get her love. Um, His mother is a very waspy like stereotypical rich white lady who loves social gatherings wants to make a good impression on people wants her son to be like an up-and-comer and and so she's trying to push him in that direction and he's fighting it at every chance he gets so he on one of his funeral outings he meets maud who's a 79 year old woman about to be 80 and they sort of develop this friendship and maud is like the exact opposite of Harold, but they get along really well. Yeah. So and they Maude have a romantic life relationship. And Harold wants to be dead. Slow, slow down. It doesn't start that way, though. It doesn't start okay. romantic at all. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I, I did want to say the Uncle Victor, with right. who's missing the arm, <laughs> they open with the scene where he's saluting. He has a pull string for his non-arm sleeve, <laughs> and his, so he can pull the string to salute the flag, and that's a fucking great bit. It is. I thought that the comedy was way ahead of its time. I mean... It's so dry. It is very dry, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, who... My my thoughts are, who gets this? Who is this for? Like, <laughs> I did not... I, I had the same feeling. I mean... But it's for Emily. When... Yeah. So when uh uh harold enlists and then he goes in victor right so he never yeah. enlists he, but, but his mother his mother is trying to get him yeah. to enlist so they, 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 yeah, her brother, they stage that so he pulls the shrunken head out which i thought was just <laughs> kind of crass i didn't really care for the joke so keep in mind this is during vietnam yeah so his mother is trying to get him to have some kind of direction in life. So she says, you're going to see Uncle Victor, you're going to enlist. Mm-hmm. And Harold goes to Maude panicking. They're going to draft me. I don't want to go. Can you help me? So they stage this stunt when he has to go meet his Uncle Victor. I thought it was very funny. It um, I, I was like, like watching it, I'm like, the acting, like, because Bud, Bud Court had already done the scene where he was crying. Yeah. It was already post him saying hey i saw my mother when she reacted to when i supposedly was dead and that was good acting but the acting for that scene was really good i thought that was <laughs> that sold it for me as i thought yeah. it was just very comedically very funny but also it didn't feel it didn't feel contrived i don't know it just felt it was cuz the way they framed it was he's with his uncle and he's like, yeah. And then we'll rip their heads off. And then all of a sudden. His uncle's trying to hype him up on yeah. joining the army and telling him all his war stories. And then all of a sudden, Maud's in frame. And you're like, fuck, I did not see that coming. <laughs> and it, it was very funny. I'm so, surprised they haven't remade this movie yet. So Ruth Gordon was 74 during yeah. filming? She had won an Oscar prior For to what? this. 
Rosemary's Baby. I've heard of it, but. Yeah, she was uh, Best Supporting Actress for Rosemary's Baby. What's crazy is she did her first movie in 1915. So she was born 1896. Oh, my yeah. God. That's what I'm saying. She, she, did, she couldn't even vote at that point in oh, 1915. Those were, the, those were the rules. I don't know. What do you want me to do? <laughs> but I... I thought I just assumed. What well, what year was she born in? Eighteen ninety six. She had slaves. We don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> it can be so, assumed. One of my first notes on her was just she doesn't look seventy nine. No, she and was very spry. Early, late, a few minutes later, that's one of the things Harold says is you really you don't look that old. And so I assumed they were just using that age because eighty is an easy number um, for the for the death stuff. But I didn't realize she was 74. Mm-hmm. She looks amazing. Her hair was incredible. I thought that was the one thing that stuck out, how great her hair was. And there was, do you think they did anything to her, like her face makeup or anything? No, I don't <clears throat> think so. Because you could see all the wrinkles and yeah. Yeah. I think she looked her age. She looked great. I, I think she looked great. I thought she did a good job. The life expectancy in 1971 was only 70. Jeez. So she makes a comment about that at their first funeral because the guy who died was 80. And she says, 80, what a good age to go. Mm -hmm. 75 seems too young, but 85, you're just counting down the days or something like that. Yeah. And so they kind of set you up for the end. Yeah, I thought that was set up pretty obviously. Yeah. You knew where that was going. Yeah. Harold didn't know. No. I was surprised when they, they shared a bed. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought they did it in a very classy way that I found to be pretty kind of cool. Yeah. I dug it. They didn't harp on it. It wasn't scandalous. It all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, that happened." Yeah, they didn't they cut any sort of They did scenes. film something that was pretty erotic, so to speak. And they cut it. They did cut it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They did. All right. Did you find the cut? I have seen the cut. <laughs> okay. And let me just say that the walls have been cleaned twice. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Do you have thoughts on the giant wood vagina? This is what I was waiting for you guys to bring up. I don't have any thoughts on that. No, no, it's Do really you? big, <laughs> and he was really going at he it. He was going at it. So Maude has she takes she invites Harold into a, her house for the first time. Her and box shows, car. Yeah, her box <laughs> car. <laughs> That's later. Um, she shows him all <laughs> Emily her, coming in hot with her, her artwork. <laughs> including a wood carving of a giant vagina. And so she's showing him the paintings and then shows him this wood carving and she's very like sensually caressing it and just Mm -hmm. sort of leaves him to explore it and feel it and touch it and caress it and all this stuff. And he does. He loves it. He loves it. (laughs) He does dig it. But it's sort of abstract, I guess. It is weird. I don't know. Not in a bad way. No. I thought they played with it like... The relationships and like the sexuality in like a very ahead of its time way. Yeah, I, this movie will get remade. I don't, I don't think know. you can remake it. They'll, they it might not be in our lifetime. It might be Rob robots. I almost <laughs> said Roberts, but robots where it's like a robotic Harold and a robotic Maude. Yeah, we're we're long dead. I hope so. I don't ever want to see that. <laughs> what do you think the impact on like modern cinema is with a movie like this uh, uh, like i'm saying it's a cult classic yeah so very poorly received during its time i i, I put a thing on the it's agenda 1971 uh, Ro- uh roger ebert you gave it a one, one and a half. half star review well what did he you know you know that got him the fucking <laughs> grave 
And so it later became, they started showing it on college campuses and doing screenings and mm-hmm. all that. And it turned into a cult classic. Is that when and you it, saw it? No, I told you. I rented it okay. from Blockbuster. <laughs> um, but it has been very influential on a lot of people in the in the biz. Well, one we thing, like I, we do like to say that. One thing I noticed is that they were in their own little world. You did not really know. They were in California, right? Yeah, I think but, San Francisco but like, maybe. Think of a movie like The Royal Tenenbaums. You don't know yeah. they're in New York, but they're also in, it's not the New York we know. Right. The way they all dressed in Harold and Maude, the cars they drove, whatever, like they were in their own little vacuum. Yeah. Not a lot of people, not a lot of cast. Yeah, like nobody lives in a giant house like that. <laughs> like, yeah, it does happen, but it's taking place, for lack of a better word, in a vacuum. Yeah. Just like, you know, Wes Anderson likes to do. The, he's What you see on screen, that's the world. It's not America tw- like in 1971. What he shows you is that's the world. Is that world. Nothing right. else exists outside of the frames he's shooting. I think this movie kind of laid the blueprint for that. Yeah. I heard it compared to Wes Anderson, like you said. Noah Baumbach also. <sighs> I'm not a big Baumbach head. Really? I'm surprised to hear that. I like a... F- I mean, I love... Scott loves Greenberg. I love Greenberg. I love Francis Ha. It's a top 10 movie for me. He loves Noah Bamba. That's what I assumed. (laughs) I did not not like kicking and screaming at all. It's unwatchable. Squid and the Whale? (laughs) I love Squid and the Whale. (laughs) I forgot about that. Um, Marriage Story? No, I did not care for that at all. Really? No, it was... It was fine. I think it hit too close to like a personal ideal home. I think <laughs> Me and you are, should not be talking about no. it. <laughs> uh, my, my one critique of the movie. Only one critique. I'm oh shocked. Oh, my God. Is, and this kind of falls into maybe how Pat said this is taking place in its own little world. Mm-hmm. You just can't drive like that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she, was, she was all over the place, man. <laughs> and then the skeleton key for the car. What what was that? You just got a key that fits everything. That. I wouldn't have taken a sip of my drink. <laughs> <laughs> I got a spit take out of Emily. Um, um, yes, there were a lot of gags that you had to sort of like, d- you know, suspend belief a little bit. So Maude, one of her quirks is that she likes to just steal cars. But she has a key that fits into any car. Yeah, and that's obviously not going to happen. But we have to just believe it for the movie. And then she drives like a maniac. She doesn't believe in having a license, so she never got one. There's a very funny scene where she gets pulled over by a policeman. I thought I thought that was really funny. That's a great scene. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. So she gets pulled over and <laughs> does donuts around the cop who's on his motorcycle, throws him off, and then keeps going. And then throws him off. Hours She's later, going around in circles. Which way is she going? <laughs> hours later, she comes back in the same car, and he has someone else pulled over along the same road, and she beeps at him and waves. As she's driving by, and he goes after her again, pulls her over. She has a great line of, have we met before? (laughs) Something like that. And he tells her to get out of the car. Harold gets out. The cop is inspecting the car, and she drives off on his motorcycle. It's great. It's a great little story. It's a good, yeah, that's a very good scene. Both of them. (laughs) I, I think that this is one of these movies where I'm like, it was a blind spot. And I'm glad that I watched it, and it was better than I expected, which makes me sad that I never seen it before. Did you catch any of her backstory? Either of you? I, I saw the. Uh, what, what is that? I don't like that tattoo. Movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I okay. did see that. Yeah. 
I thought that was very subtle storytelling that I really liked. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have they to didn't give even you a talk lot of about detail. It. No, just, but then he glanced at it, and that was it. He glanced at it, so he sees the concentration camp tattoo on her arm, and he realizes what she's been through. But then, shortly before that, they had had a conversation about how she was when she came to America. She was involved in all these protests and rallies, and she sort of is reminiscing about her childhood in Vienna, and her. I assume it's her husband, though they never explicitly say how he was a doctor for the uh, government and the the army. And then she kind of like starts to well up with tears and mm-hmm. she says, but that was before. And then they, there's like silence between them. And Harold brings it back to her protest umbrella, which is what they started talking about in the, in the first place. You're like kind of getting emotional talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very sweet movie. It is very sweet. Yeah. Which uh, feels weird to say. Uh, yeah. Because he's <laughs> constantly pretending to kill himself in extremely well, and gruesome ways. And she's 80 and he's 20. So that's. Uh, yeah. I, I think that. We've talked about a lot of movies. This is probably the longest we've ever kind of gone in on a movie. Sound of Metal, we were, yeah, <laughs> longer. Last week. <laughs> but also, that scene when he met the last date. Oh, the we dating. Did, we didn't even talk about yeah. the dating. So his mother sets him up for this computer dating service, which in what that looks like 1971. in 1971, yeah, I don't I know. know. It was really funny. But it's such a great bit. you got your last computer date coming. Yeah. So he has three dates off of this computer dating service the initial setup for that is a, a really good scene between him and his mom where his mom is filling out the questionnaire for this dating service and all of the questions she's just answering from <laughs> from her own point of view <laughs> right. sometimes thinking of him but yeah. she's just talking to herself the whole time and he's pulls out a gun and pretends to shoot himself right aims the gun at her first and then pretends to shoot himself and she's just going along answering <laughs> How she feels about the sexual revolution yeah. and whether or not. What do you think of wife swapping? Love it. <laughs> I thought that the final scene with the final date with the Harry Carey yeah. was kind Wait, of Wait, did she like, die? No. Okay. But like, dude, I didn't know. It was a fake blade. It looked, well, she was an actress. Her name was. Sunshine. But they called, he kept. But did her, she have blood too? She was bleeding. I think it was on the knife. Maybe, but it was more than that. But like, that was really a shift in tone from a movie that doesn't even know what its own fucking tone is. I think it gets, it has a very distinct tone throughout. But like, at the time, people weren't ready for that. Right. And it is ambiguous, I guess. But. Well, because you know he's faking it. Yeah. And I know the blade, they made it seem like the blade is, it pushes in. Yeah. And that's fine. Because she even tests it before she does it on herself. What he's doing is shocking for him. And he's meaning to shock. But then when the date does it, it's fucking doubly shocking. Right. And then you don't even know. <laughs> she's an actress. It was. I thought it was really well done. It, did you think, did you wonder if they were going to get maybe get together? I thought she was fucking hot. I liked her. Sure. That's Yeah, but and she can follow the actress sensibility. I knew they wouldn't get together. but <laughs> I held out a little hope. Really? I thought maybe if... Maybe a second date. If Harold wasn't already in love with Maude, maybe she was the only one at his level. Because the other two girls just... Ran away, one yeah, screaming, they were one just... File clerk, get the fuck out of here. Well, I mean, he also lit himself on fire for one of them. Yeah. And cut what, off his what arm. What did he light him on fire? So, I guess there's a deleted scene where he has a dummy that okay. he sets up out there. Oh, wow. Um, but Sunshine, the third date, he talks Sunshine. to her more than anyone else, any of the other two dates. I thought she was cute. Yeah, they have a little rapport. Yeah, and she asked him do you play piano? And he starts to say, no, I'm learning the banjo. But he stops at ban 
because he cuts himself off and he changes it to harmonica. It's like he, he almost was letting his guard down a little bit and then caught himself. So there was hope for Sunshine. Maybe. Who knows? I would have liked to have seen it. Yep. Instead, you got Maybe mod. a post-credit scene. <laughs> yeah, he goes to her after. Yeah. I liked the, the way they ended it, though. Um, so so what let's, do you, let's talk about the music. Can I just make, bring up one point real quick? Mm-hmm. What do you think of Bud Court, the actor? This is the only thing I've seen him in. Okay. He was in uh, other movies. But in 1979, Court nearly died in a car accident oh, yeah, when he this. collided with an abandoned car blocking a lane which he was turning. He broke his arm and a leg and sustained a concussion and fractured skull. Uh, his face was severely lacerated, lower lip severed. So that that's what messed his career up. So if you ever think this kid's a one-hit wonder, I, I thought he was a lanky, kind of freaky-looking weirdo. But... <laughs> I thought he kind of was magnetic. like, And his yeah. voice was really interesting. I thought his voice was weird. His facial expressions were so good. It got better as the movie went along, I thought. <laughs> and I don't even know what like order they filmed anything in, but I I liked him. I thought he he was... You couldn't really take your eyes off of him. He looked like yeah. a fish. Yeah, at certain times. Scott, did he look like a fish? I don't know about a fish. Maybe. The director, Hal Ashby, told him, you will likely be typecast after this if you take this role. He was in as, MASH. Like, a weirdo. MASH was before this. Yeah, he was in, yeah, that was his first role. Um, <clears throat> but then, I guess he said, but you would probably likely be typecast anyway, regardless of this movie. That's pretty honest. <laughs> um, we talked about how they never brought up that it was a romantic relationship in any of the trailers or anything, and that did the movie in, which, you know, young Pat and Blockbuster... I'm trying to rent things like Species, Natasha Henstridge. I mm. want to watch that. I want to bring it home. Why do you want to watch that? You know what I want to watch it for. <laughs> um, you know, I'm looking for, you know, Basic Instinct. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of flicks I'm looking Erotic for. Erotic thrillers. Oh, okay. Well, you have to say it. Um, I'm not make, going for Harold It's a dead Martin. genre. They don't exist anymore. Yeah. I miss an erotic thriller. What's the last one that we can think of? I don't know. The big picture talks about this a lot. Mm. Like, it's Michael Douglas is definitely in it. Oh, yeah. He's the king. (laughs) Basic (laughs) Sharon Stone. Fatal Attraction. Yeah, exactly. uh, Disclosure. I've watched a bunch of them for uh, (laughs) How Did This Get Made? Did a few. Yeah, Scott's watching these. Mm. Emily is too. How These Walls Get Painted. That's what Scott's (laughs) watching it for. (laughs) Um,. I wrote down the Harry Carey scene was really funny. I thought it was great, well acted. Yep. So when he says he's going to get married, right, and they go through all the interviews with the, the priest, the, the the Catholic priest, I thought that was... I was surprised they had creepy Catholic priests but, 50 years ago dude, in film already. It was already. too funny for its time. <laughs> like, it's, like did, do you agree? So he t- Harold tells his mother he's going to get married. His mother is elated. And then he shows her a picture of Maude. And his mother says, you've I got to be joking. I thought mom was adorable. Fuck the mom. I'm really pissed about it. <laughs> so his mother must send him to go on all these interviews with his therapist or his psychiatrist. The his priest Uncle was... Victor, the military guy, and the priest. So sweaty mess. I also think all he's... All horned a... up. Yeah, he's all horned up. He's, <laughs> the, I wrote, withered flesh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that, like, he already pulled the stunt with Victor, and then they bring him back. Like, that's a pretty... Genius bit of writing right there. <laughs> they just bring him back because he's like sure. a foil at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and each 
um, person is set up exactly the same, sitting in their yeah, office was, chair with really the picture of who they most admire behind them. So Uncle Victor was Nixon. Um, the psychiatrist was Freud. I did not notice that. And the priest was the Pope. Uh, I didn't notice that. Me either. Me and Scott are too stupid. No. This is Emily's 57th watch. Yeah, it's fine. What, what draws you to this movie? The comedy. And I love Maude. So on my rewatch this week, I, I thought to myself, is Maude the first Manic Pixie Dream Girl? Is she the first iteration of that typecast? And I thought I was being brilliant. And then I Googled it, and there's tons of articles already really? about Maude being the first Manic Pixie Dream Girl. It's an original thought. You're okay. Yeah. You're still um, smart. Emily. Well, you, you, you also invented Doom Pop. So I thought but until we, I we researched about, it. This is the fault um, of not being online. I, I did no Googling, but when I brought up Away Message Core, that, has, that exists already. Uh, that's the thing. Everything exists. Everything is copy, as Nora Ephron famously yeah. said. Um, rest but, in peace. Yes, rest in peace. Um, as Chuck Klosterman might say, music exists. <laughs> he does say that. Uh, I forget what I was saying. Um, oh, so Maude, Manic Pixie Dream Girl. I love Maude, though. She's a great character. I come away from this movie feeling better than when I sat down to mm. watch it at the get-go. Because she just, she has such a way about her that you can't help but smiling watching her, even though she dies, even though she kills herself at the end. Which the, I thought the was The film a- is bookended by suicides, <laughs> yeah. even though Harold's is fake. But, yeah, she's just, she makes you feel hopeful about the world. She's someone who's been in a concentration camp. Which is the worst of the worst for anyone who has existed on this planet, for the most part. Um, and yet, look at her. No, I, I agree with you. Um, Pat, did you think at all the last scene when the car is careening over the cliff that uh, Harold was in it? No, because I already, I already had known about the Oh, ending. that's right. I forgot you were reading about no, this. No, way before. Uh-huh. I, okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, that's for me and Scott's other podcast called The Spoilers, where we, we, we spoil movies and watch them, and then just see how we react at the end. And then I go, I'm shocked that he actually drove over the edge. I thought it was, I loved his outfit with the banjo at the end, because yeah. he, he seemed very lanky and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Well, throughout the movie, he's generally in a suit and tie. Yeah, in a terrible double Windsor, which yeah. I can't stand. I, I mean, I'll pull time. off, what, say it again? It's common at the time. I guess so. Yeah. Do a single Windsor. Come on. <laughs> Who was that? Oh, Giancarlo. Ah. Scott, did you think he drove off the cliff? I was hoping. Okay. It would have been a nice bookend with the fake suicide to start it. All right. But he learned a lesson. From- yeah. I didn't expect it, but if you want to go real dark, which this movie could have. Could have. Scott's a real dark it, guy. It was in play. Now, is this a movie that like, you and your friends watch or you no. like share with everyone this is a personal movie mm-hmm. okay yeah. just curious thank you for sharing it with us did you enjoy it i liked it i liked it too all right I- what I'll did you guys think about the last scene so cat stevens we talked about he did the score the song trouble plays I at the end trouble so many times so trouble's only played once really yeah but Maud says so Maud tells harold that she took the pills and her life will be over in a few hours Harold freaks out because he's about to propose to her. They get into an ambulance, and Harold. They were is already crying. married. That was after. No. The, no. No. I thought it was after the wedding. No, it was her birthday. That's why they were all dressed up. And he says, "After dinner, I have something that I think is going to make you really happy." Mm-hmm. And he was going to propose. 
And then she says something to the effect of, I took the pills, I'm going to be gone in a few hours. And so Harold is crying and he says, Maud, but I love you. And Maud says something like, that's great, go out and love some more. And that's the last spoken line of the movie, even though there's still like another four minutes left. Because yeah. they play the song in its entirety over the montage of him at the hospital, wheeling her in, panicking with the doctors, and then they sort of intersperse it with him post finding out that she died and he's driving his crazy hearse car up all these winding I love the roads. And they cut back to him at the hospital pacing the waiting room. And yeah. So the movie cuts with the song comes to a hard end. He drives his car off the cliff. We are uh, all are supposed to think he drove off the cliff. Cliff, and then we cut to him at the top of the hill. The music stops, and then the banjo starts, and it's him playing. If you want to sing out, but it's interesting. There's not many movies where they let a song run out in its entirety. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty rare to have like a single person kind of score a movie, and yeah, he did not get along. Cat Stevens did not get along with Hal Ashby at all. Really? They, yeah, they. He wanted to bail on the project, and then he had to remind Cat Stevens they had a contract. But Cat was like, "He let me out," and he's like, "Just please finish the movie." That's what he said. Huh. Yeah, I was wondering about this kind of movie getting one guy to score it. It didn't really add up. Elton John recommended him for it. Elton John was supposed to do it, and it's then he backed fucking... out and said, "How about Cat Stevens?" And so Cat Stevens wrote two songs for this movie, and the rest were songs that he had already written. Scott, what did you think of the music? It's pretty good. I like it. I like that. Pretty good. It's pretty good. It's fucking cats. I know. I think the soundtrack's brilliant. It works perfectly with the movie. I can't imagine anything else. I, I was trying to picture Elton John, and yeah. I can't. Well, like, you don't think the music's jammed in a little bit? There's three different songs in the first but ten like, minutes. Scott, this is—it's never been done before. It might have been jammed in, but like they've never. No. This this was the first time it was kind of. Yeah. This was very ahead of its time okay it did seem like songs were repeating themselves they're all similar in style yeah so and again if i've heard them in the past 40 years which you probably have various they've ways been in then, other movies yeah. various yeah. ways is that when you're hearing <laughs> Var- music various not, oh. not wait did he say various or <laughs> he, nefarious he said various and you okay. heard nefarious right, i'm just like I'm, you're just being tortured and i'm like oh my god we have to help scott <laughs> He's hearing this music in nefarious ways. <laughs> Haunting my dreams. Yeah. I thought uh, the music was awesome. I love it. I think, I don't know what genre Cat Stevens is, but... Folk singer-songwriter, I guess? It's, it's got an edge, though. Yeah. It's got an edge. Some of his it's songs a, have an edge. Muslim Panic. I, I feel bad that it got to me 20 years ago. <laughs> it's okay. You're better now. Yeah, you've corrected. I'm not better now. I'm, I might be worse, but... <laughs> All right, so overall, you enjoyed it? I would say this movie will be a movie that I will watch again. I really enjoyed it. It's very funny. It was, Surprisingly funny. Was, that's, I think the second time around, I would find it funnier. Yeah. yeah. It was I too, had no idea what was happening the, the humor was, like, shocking. Surprising. Yeah. Unexpected. Yeah. The Shock, mother will become funnier upon every rewatch. Yeah, she because really you be brought funny. up how hilarious the mother was. I didn't find that funny at all yeah but i will rewatch. so maybe in the see i, I was kind of turned off by her for the most part except for the dating profile scene which is very funny well yeah harold said that the one tragic thing in his life was that when he thought his mother was faking her reaction to his death 
No, he didn't think I thought she it was, was confusing. He didn't think she was faking. That was the only time that he ever saw her show him any love. But was when she overreacting? He, no, she like passed out in okay. the police. So Harold is at a boarding school when he's younger and he he's supposed to clean up the chem lab and he does an experiment and sets the entire lab on fire and flees the scene and goes home. And his mother is having a big party. So he sneaks up to his bedroom. Mm-hmm. So hours later, cops come to the house, assuming Harold died in the fire. So they've come to tell her that. And Harold is watching from upstairs and sees his mother react in such an emotional way that he didn't know she was capable of. And so after that, that sort of spurred his suicide to try and garner that love yeah. from her it's again. It's pretty, a pretty kind of rudimentary way to get emotional. Yeah. Harold and Maude, pick of the week, click to pick. I liked it. I really did. I liked it more I than I thought it I would. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was like, me uh, happy. Emily. Maybe we should do a. <laughs> but you know what we should out. do? I'm thinking a rewatch with all three of us watching it together. I would love that. That'd be awesome. Scott's deck. I'm out. You're out. Okay. No, well, it could be a good deck night. Yeah, that'd be a great deck night. <laughs> um, all right, so we've we're, we've kind of covered everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, home is where I became birds. I tacked this on because I read a lyric that reminded me of. My favorite podcast, Emily Goodwin. Oh, thanks. And I thought it'd be fun to talk about. Did and you heard about this band because you no, don't check it. Pitchfork every no, day. No, I only saw it on Pitchfork. That's what I'm saying. Yes, I, I only that was the first <laughs> time I ever heard of them. Ever saw it. Um, da, 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 da. What this are the what? lyrics that you're talking about? So this is the new EP. What's it called? Is a fish or something? I became bird. <laughs> I became birds. We can cut this out if it doesn't work at all. Um, okay, so bring up week 24, Emily. Okay. Scroll down. Mm-hmm. Sewn together from the membranes of the great cucumber. That's the name of the track. So we'll play that. The great sea cucumber. Yeah, the great sea cucumber. We'll go over the lyrics. Sheltered by stomachs. Now, have you already read these lyrics? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what the part that I thought you would like? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> and I did like that part in the song. However, not really a fan of this song. It got a little it's heavy. Very screamo. It did get very screamo. You don't like screamo? No. Really? Not yeah, really. I'm, I'm mostly out on but it. But like, you grew up with screamo bands. Yeah, but not to this intensity. Okay. What about you? Did you like this? The screamo aspect? We'll get I, to it, I guess. This might not have been it, my favorite song, but I really dug the record or the little EP extremely short but it's perfect 18 minutes yeah in 46 seconds how many tracks six i did check out their band camp real quickly okay and they do have a kind of a sweet thing where you can buy like the ep for whatever you want like they just want one dollar yeah and then at the end of it they're like if you don't have a dollar email us and we'll send it to you i like i love that yeah, i mean that's nice. awesome and it's like i understand sometimes even one dollar can be the difference between eating and not eating. Well, yep. also, me and you, we're not at, we should be paying full price for Radiohead's Kid A. Like, yeah. When we were younger, that kind of shit made sense. But, I mean, I'll, I'll give them the money. Yeah, I was thinking about sending them a dollar. I mean, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, it's. I like the music. This is it. Look at all the dogs. Look at all the dogs. 
recommended this before hearing this, by the way. Okay. This is all good. Should we wrap it up right now? Then it turns. I think we've covered all our topics. I do want to say, I mentioned to Emily on the way over, I've been watching a lot of the Chris Gethard show. What? I'm sorry. (laughs) Wait, you have to start over. This is the screamo part of the song. Wait, I don't understand the world we live in where you can enjoy something that's indie and a little bit emo. I don't so, think emo's you, got that well. It's so sweet and wholesome. <laughs> but like, and you can't bust my balls for liking anything. It's hitting ever. me in the right spot. So anyway, so I'm watching. I'm finishing <laughs> I'm just, up. I'm pissed right now. I'm finishing <laughs> up the first season last <laughs> night. And I've watched the first seven or eight episodes, including one where they just do some weddings on the show. And it's all good. And then we get to the episode, and it's all dogs. You didn't tell me this on the ride over. And I just, I, I, so you I know gave who like, Vacation Jason is? It, yes, I, gave I don't like, want to live in this world anymore. I gave the episode four minutes. It's all dogs in the studio. There's like no humans there, except Jason Sudeikis, who's the guest. It was and probably I, hilarious. It's the only episode I skipped. I only watched. I couldn't do it. Not surprised. Like they were trying to make content for dogs. And <laughs> <laughs> like content for dogs should be the name of this podcast. <laughs> I just so. crazy that we live in a world where you you're going a deep dive on Chris Gethard. Who, hey, listen, I love Chris Gethard, but the show is really but enjoyable. Like, you would have fucking made fun of me to hell if I had been like, "I'm you're you got a couple sides to your coin, boy." Would I have? Why would I have made? I didn't even know what it was. But like, I could tell you, I'm watching an indie. Uh, cable it's, access television Pat, show. Your pitch is always off. That's the problem. I know it's fine. That's the problem. You gotta, you gotta read. I just don't want to live in a world where Scott knows who Vacation Jason is, and I, you know, I know him, know who he is as well. Okay. Why? You guys are friends. Why can't you share the same? <laughs> we have, a, well, we, we have hard lines. We do have hard lines. Well, it's an antagonist. Vacation like, Jason is the hardest of lines, I guess, that for you, because be Pat just said he doesn't want to live in this world anymore. Which <laughs> is a bit Harold esque yeah, of him. Yeah, call me Harold. <laughs> All right, we gotta wrap it up. We've done. We've done a decent amount of time, but we haven't gone over our typical time. Can we, can we go out on the Harry Carey song? Just in absolutely in reference to Mo- Harold. Um, what's the name of that song? Assisted Harry Carey. Da, da, da. So, what are you guys up to this week? <laughs> <laughs> I have a fridge full of oysters and caviar. Wow! If uh, you guys think that I'm not a blue collar guy, you're fucking right. <laughs> All right, Assisted Harry Carey. Uh, home is where, off the record, I became birds. This is not the song, but we're going to play it right now. 